The golf season has arrived, and if you're looking to shave strokes off your game, you've got to visit the golfballs.com retail center. New inventory is arriving daily. Check out the newest clubs from Ping, TaylorMade, and Callaway, the latest balls from Titleist, Bridgestone, and Srixon, or the hottest apparel and shoes from Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. Located in the Boulevard Shopping Center on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools, golfballs.com. We're in your bag raging cajuns podcast i'm your host kevin wilson alongside the director of equipment operations carrie connor carrie how are you man doing well man doing well you know just trying to stay busy right now yeah i know uh i know times are a little a little different i'm sure it's a, a quite a bit quieter than than usual around there no doubt no yeah. doubt uh, it's eerily quiet right now I remember the first time that I met you, Carrie, and uh, it wasn't, you weren't very quiet. You're actually fairly mean. It was my first, my, my first official day, and uh, I hadn't gotten any Louisiana gear yet at all. No Raging Cajun gears, nothing. And I was coming to get that. Uh, and I had on a uh, Under Armour polo. And you, we're obviously in Adidas school, we're branded. And I came in with that Under Armour polo, and you said, and I quote, Man, if you don't take that bleep off. And I was shocked, um, but I knew that I was home after that point. you have any recollection of attacking me that day? You know what? Let me just tell you this. You know, and, and just you. I, I, get, I get on everyone. And the thing is, if I, don't get, if, I, if I don't rag you, if I don't get on you, that means I don't like you. So just, just always remember... If I don't make if I don't make fun of you or just you know you know clown with you or anything like that, you mean something seriously wrong with you to where I just cannot you know crack a joke because you know, part of part of my demeanor is just you know always having fun cracking jokes. So you know getting on you that first day is, is my is my icebreaker to go ahead and say okay, you know it that's my way to indicate either he's gonna smile. Or he's not going to smile. If he doesn't smile, okay, I'm not going to mess with him anymore. I'm just going to go ahead and keep it strictly professional, keep it business. But if you crack a smile, then I know, okay, this guy, he can have some fun, you know. And, you know, that was just my way of, you know, introducing myself and kind of breaking you in a little bit. So I'm sorry. <laughs> from this day, from that day forward, I've never worn Under Armour again in my life. Uh, and I'm glad you at least enjoyed yourself during that, uh, <laughs> during that time. Um, <laughs> Well, I know you're used to handing out equipment and taking care of so many student athletes and coaches and staff. What's the day-to-day look like for you now during this time? Man, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy because, like, right now you can't do all the, uh, the labor-intensive things that you're, you're accustomed to uh, right now. Uh, we'll be like football will be sending off their helmets for reconditioning. Um, you know, and right, you know, baseball, softball would be in season. Um, men and women's tennis would be in season. Uh, track would be in season and golf. So, I mean, it, like spring would be a busy time right now. So, all this going on, the only thing we can do right now is uh, kind of like paperwork type stuff. Uh, you know, working on budgets. Uh, you know, seeing what uh, what we can do, what we can order, uh, things for next uh, for the fall. Uh, once we get up and running, and and for and for the next year, you know, working on budgets for the next year. So um, that's about the only thing we can do, and and just kind of stay in contact with everyone, with students, with um, 
my staff and, you know, with, you know, administration and, and everyone else. How'd you get started in the equipment room? Man, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> Pretty much when I was in school uh, at Northwestern State, uh, I needed a job. I, um, I was always asking my mom, my dad, um, my stepdad for some money because, I, you know, either I needed money to eat or, you know, I needed to, you know, get some get some groceries, do something. And got to the point to where I was just tired. I, I was tired of asking for money. Um, you know, I, I had a, a, a certain interest in, uh, in a young woman and, you know, I couldn't just go to, I couldn't take her out on a date. And, you know, our date would be the, uh, the cafeteria on campus. And so I, I figured I needed a job. So um, I would do odd jobs here and there. Um, I, I was helping this lady. She was, uh, you know, she worked, she had a furniture business, if I'm not mistaken. So I would help her move furniture from uh, different places. And uh, I would get, you know, a little bit of money here and there, but, you know, it just, it wasn't enough. So um, I saw something that uh, a student equipment manager, I'm like, okay, let's try that. So um, first day I, I went in there and the guy showed me everything around the equipment room and he told me what I was going to be doing. And he said, look, you're going to be washing, you know, doing the laundry uh, for the football team and helping out during um, practice and all this. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. So, uh, you know, uh, one one day uh, I was in there doing the laundry and there was some baseball laundry, uh, baseball uniforms with, in the washer. So um, I needed to wash. So what I did was I took it out and I hung it up. I, well, I took it out, I took it out, hung it up and everything like that, laid the pants out and I started washing. The next day I get to work, he said, hey, did you go ahead and take that those uniforms out of there? And hang them up, put the pants on, laying out on the table. I'm like, yeah. Like, man, what, what, why did you do that? I said, it needed to get done. Um, you know, I had to do laundry. It was sitting there. So I figured that's what I would do. And he said, man, you're awesome. You know, because uh, first of all, you're not supposed to go ahead and dry baseball uniforms. So I mean, for you not even knowing what to do, doing that was like, it was, you know, unbelievable. And he said, um, Look, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what your plans are, but I'm keeping you. I'm, I'm gonna try to give you as much money as I can, but you know, uh, I'm keeping you because you seem like you know what you're doing. Now, this was in uh, 2001. Correct. Now, how much money was in it at that time? Because that's a lot of work. Oh man, I uh, I was getting paid. I want to say maybe uh, $300 a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, the hours never equated to how much you got paid. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and to this day, it still it, it, it still doesn't, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I never did it. And to this day, I, I don't I still don't do it for the money. Um, I do it because I love it. Uh, it's something I've been I, I, I've. I've grown to love. It's become a passion. It's become a career. Um, and, you know, I, 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 it's never, it was never about the money then. It's never about the money now. You know, it's just um, about having fun and um, having an experience to go ahead and meet different people, uh, go different places, experience different things. So 
mean, it's, it's just been a blessing. How'd you meet Lynn Williams? Man, uh, Lynn, we, uh, I was at Northwestern State in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. Um, our softball team made it to regionals. Um, and our, our regional game uh, was a we came here to Lafayette. Um, so um, that's where regionals were. And uh, the, the head guy at the time, you know, told me, hey, get in touch with Lynn Williams. He's going to help you out with, um, with laundry. And, you know, you, you, he's going to do the laundry for you. Um, so just go ahead and get in contact with him, and he'll help you out. It's like, okay, not a problem. So uh, I get here, and the equipment room's completely different uh, back then than what it is today. But uh, I, I get here, I, I get here, and then uh, there was two red doors, two two, um, two double doors, and I just walked through there, which is the back of the equipment room. And as I'm getting into the equipment room, um, see this huge dude just like laying back in his chair, and um, I said hello. Um, didn't hear he didn't hear me, so I just kept getting closer and closer. And uh, as I got to him, he he was sleeping. Uh, and then you know, just like Jack and a Beanstalk, you know, style. You know, as soon as I got up to him, he like he woke up and he said, "Hey, man." I said, "Lynn." He's like, "Yep." I said, "What's going on, man?" I'm Kerry, um, equipment manager at Northwestern. Um, I was I was here to, uh, to go ahead and do laundry. So he's gonna help me out with laundry. He's like, "Yeah, man, not a problem." You know, the laundry room is right around, you, know, you go out this door right around the corner to the right. Uh, the laundry room's right there. You're more than welcome to use the laundry, you know, use the washers and everything like that. You need something, let me know. And at first, I'm saying to myself, wait, you're not doing the laundry? I thought you, <laughs> I thought you had this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're like, yeah, man, just let me know what you need. You need anything, food, drinks, whatever the case may be, you know, just let me know. Uh, we, we'll be here. You know, all night. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead and do our laundry. You're more than welcome to use the laundry, uh, use the washers and dryers as well. And you know, from there, I, that's how I met. That's how I first met Lynn. And then um, later on that summer, uh, the equipment manager, the head equipment manager at Northwestern State, left to uh, be an assistant at Florida, at University of Florida. And um, just so happened, we hired um, Lynn's brother, Lyle at Northwestern State. And um, I was the only student equipment manager there. And, you know, once Lyle was there, Lyle was just like, hey, um, so where's this at? And I pretty much showed him where everything was and, you know, told him how like we would do things, like how we did things. He's like, now nah, we're going to change some stuff up. And then uh, once he found out I was from New Iberia and, you know, uh, he was from Lafayette, you know, we became friends um, like right there. And, you know, every time, whenever he would come home, I would um, ride with him just to go ahead and spend time with my family. But I also spend time with his family as well. And, you know, his family, like their family took me in as, as a brother. And, you know, we've had that relationship for going on 18 years now. So, I mean, I'm like their brother. And um, it's it's been great. We know, uh, I think we remember Lynn Williams as kind of a, a stoic go-getter um he could sit down and make things happen like he was ripping and running across campus like a madman what was he like at home when those days when you were getting to know the family was he kind of the same way or was he much happier oh 
and it was it was the same way, you know. Yeah. Um, when it came down to you know they had family functions where I, the whole family would get together um, for uh, Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for New Year's, and pretty much he was the linchpin. I mean, he he did everything. He made sure everybody was organized. He he um, he made sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to do. They were responsible for a certain tasks or a certain or um, or for food or you know. He, he made sure everything uh, ran smoothly. So the same thing he did here, he did at home. Um, so even like when it came down to his grocery list, um, I think I still have it on my, on my files. He had a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet of uh, everything that, uh, as far as grocery wise, as far as a list. And what he would do is he would pretty much check off everything he needed for his grocery list, print it out, and then he'll have, you know, whether it'll be his sister, his brothers, or nephew, or niece, or whatever, he'll give it to them, and they will go ahead and um, get us groceries. So, I mean, everything was detailed, not even just at work, but at home as well. I mean, he was very detailed. His mind, you know, well, he lacked the mobility. He, he made up with it with his mind and, and uh, the things he thought about. When you saw him bust out the Excel spreadsheet for groceries, in your mind, you're thinking what? He's better off than you know, the majority of America, I tell you that, because uh, that like, nobody, me, I don't have a grocery list. I just go in the <laughs> store, I go to every aisle, I, mm-hmm. I was like, oop, yep, I need that. Or you know what, I think I'm, I'm going to pick this up, this is new, I'm going to you know, and then next thing you know, I'm I'm end up spending more money than what I uh, intended to spend. But you know, and that, that's how you know some people are. You know, they just flying by. The, I know I need to go to the store and get some things, but I'm going to pick up a few other things as well. And that's why my wife gets mad at me, and that's why she she makes the list, and I got to abide by that list when I go to the store. <laughs> Take me back to 2014, um, you joining the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. How did that go down? Um, well, I was at Louisiana Tech at the time, and um, Lyle, Lyle Williams and Lyle and Lynn were working together here at, at UL, and um, Lyle was about to get married. Uh, his his wife was uh, working at, in, in New Orleans, and she pretty much said, look, I'm already established. I have my... Um, she already had two kids from a prior prior marriage, and you know she said, "Look, I'm not moving." And he felt that you know it was important for him to be with his wife, and um, so he he decided to leave, and which was a tough decision for him um, because UL was pretty much he grew, he grew up you know a raging Cajun, you know from a kid to you know graduating to you know leaving two years and then coming back to work with his brother. And that was a goal of, that was a dream of both of theirs, just to work together. And, you know, he was working here for, um, I want to say he came back in 2004. So, you know, a matter of 10, 11 years, he was, he was working full time and with his brother side by side. So it was a tough decision because, you know, UL was all he knew working with his brother and it was tough for him and Lynn, but he realized that he wanted to be, with his wife, so you know, um, Lyle called me in uh, February of 2014 and said, "Hey, look, keep this under your hat, but um, I might be leaving. I'm, I'm getting married, and um, 
I think I might be leaving and there's no other person I want to be over here but you. Um, and he didn't, he didn't even tell Lynn yet because, um, you know, telling if you tell something like this to Lynn, like, he will go ballistic. Um, so he kind of just waited until, you know, make sure he had his ducks in the row, make sure I was on board and everything else. So um, around, I guess, around April or so, Lyle called me and said, hey, brother, I'm, I'm leaving. It's a done deal. Um, and I told my wife and, uh, my wife, my wife's from Thibodeau, Louisiana. And so growing up in South Louisiana and then uprooting her to North Louisiana was a complete culture shock. Mm -hmm. So, uh, when I told her at the, you know, we had the opportunity of moving back to Lafayette, she said, when are we leaving? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, and you know how to, you know how it goes, happy wife, happy life. So mm -hmm. my life was definitely better once we moved <laughs> 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 all right day day one happens you're having your first meeting with the, the great lynn williams uh give me those emotions what was that like you're finally working with him man uh first day i walk in i walk into the equipment room he's on the phone um with uh, our adidas rep and uh i i knew her from uh, a previous school at nicholas state from when i was working uh, was adidas school over there so I knew her, and he was on the phone with her, and he's trying to uh, get used to this whole Adidas thing because we had just uh, signed our um, contract with Adidas in uh, 2014. So I, I come in, he's talking to her, he's trying to figure out, okay, the, the website, how to order stuff, and this and that. And, you know, Lynn is not tech savvy at all. <laughs> so I walk in, and he's like, yeah, Carrie just walked in. And, um, and she's like, oh, Carrie? Really? Like, oh, you're going to be fine then. You know, mm -hmm. Kerry knows all the ins and outs of Adidas, you know, um, and he'll, he'll help you out and you'll be fine. But and from there, once he got off the phone with her and, you know, I started talking to him and, you know, he, he kind of just kind of gave, you know, I guess the, uh, the ground rules, like, like, all right, look, you know, Lyle's gone and he said, you're going to be here and, um, you know, he said, I don't trust anybody else but Carrie to come over here. So it was, he was like, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to work with you. But, um, you know, I, I just, I just, I don't know how you are yet. And, you know, you don't know how I am yet. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And within that first week, man, he just started saying like, you know what? I am so impressed by the way you work and the way you're doing things. And I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, he's, you know, buttering me up, blowing smoke or whatever. He's like, man, I am truly impressed by the way you work. And I can tell, you know, Lyle did, you know, Lyle did some good things by showing you what to do. And I know you've done your own, you know, ran your own show for a while. And I'm just glad that you're here. And that kind of made me feel at ease because, you know, when you get to a new place, you always, I guess you're trying to prove yourself that you belong. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wasn't trying to, I, I didn't want to just, you know, overexert myself to the point to where like, I'm trying to impress him, but I just wanted to work and just do my job. And um, for him to say that kind of gave me affirmation that, you know, I belonged and that the things that I were doing, you know, that I was doing with, you know, equipment and, 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 and things of that nature that I'm on the right track. 
I know uh, I didn't I didn't know Lynn Williams very long, uh, but one thing I did pick up quickly is that he is very honest um, and sometimes brutally. Uh, so if you didn't show up, he'd, he'd certainly let you know. Uh, in your you know, I'll be a brief time of working with him um, before his uh, untimely passing. Uh, what are some things that you learned from him? Man, I, I learned how to be a little bit more detailed. Um, I thought I was detailed. Um, but seeing the things that he did just blew my mind away. Uh, another thing that I learned from him was in this not, not, don't wait on something to happen. Just do it. You know, if if you had this feeling in your head in your head that you know what, I need to start doing something, I need to do this, I need to anticipate for this, do it. Whether if it happens or not, just do it. Um a lot of times now, um, I wake up in you know, four or five o'clock in the morning and um uh, sad to say, I'm thinking about work. Mm-hmm. Um and most times I have to just write it down. I have to put it in my phone or something like that. Like this has to get done today. I need to start working on this. And he would do the same thing. You know, there was times where he didn't sleep at night because he was so worried about, you know, um, things that need to be done uh, with work that he would just start jotting down all kinds of things that he was doing that, that, that needed to get done. And, you know, just his, um, being meticulous, you know, he, he he said he had two areas that he was that was his baby that was his his, his job to go ahead and make sure it stayed clean, and that was our bathroom because we have we keep it stocked up with supplies and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, the back of our equipment room um, where we got a shell, like shelves with um, different type of things, uh, you know, range all of zip ties, you know shipping boxes all that uh, all that type of stuff but he made sure that he kept it organized so um he said i don't do much cleaning but that's the two things that i want to um like that's my job that's my that's my baby that's my project and you know if you every time you came in his uh, his office and you looked at his desk his desk was always neat it was never a mess you know whether he was busy or not it, it was always you know lined up you know, every, all the papers were lined up, you know, all his pens were, you know, lined up and everything like that. So, you know, that, that was a lot of things I, I picked up from him. What was the angriest you ever saw Lynn Williams? <laughs> Which day? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> there's a... Uh, there's a few times I saw him angry. Um, you know, uh, just thing like there was with managers or student managers. It, sometimes it didn't take them long to get angry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had uh, was getting ready for a football game, and he, um, I think we had some cookies or something like that. Managers were eating it, and then um, somebody took you know a glass cookie but left a box sitting there on the on the counter. So he goes over there and you know um, opens it up and there's no more cookies. So he said, "Who you know who ate the last cookie?" Nobody fessed up, of course. Right. Um, and he's like, "Kept who ate the last cookie?" So nobody said anything. And um, one of the managers kind of said, "You know, 
say something, you know, smart. And he's like, hey, you know, shut up. Don't say anything else. Or, you know, you're out of here or whatever. And um, she had said something. And then, you know, Lynn said, get out of here. I don't need you here over here no more. Don't come back over here. Now, granted, this manager was here for about four years. Oh, my. Yeah. And um, he that was a manager that he depended on and he trusted it and everything. And he's like, man, get out of here. I don't need you here anymore. If you want to start talking like that, get out of here. And Over like, a cookie? I'm gone. <laughs> it wasn't. It, 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 it wasn't was a principle. Yeah. It was yeah. a principle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a principality of it. <laughs> but um, uh, it it wasn't about the cookie. It was about somebody took the last cookie, didn't throw the box away. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like how, you know, if somebody drank the last of the you know, the milk and just left the, the milk in the refrigerator or just left a little tiny bit. Swallow. Right. Right, yeah. Right, you know, right. It was the principle of it. But she left and everybody's looking like, what just happened? And, um, you know, Another time he got mad was um, 2004, yeah, 2014, New Orleans Bowl. We had a manager. After the game was over, we won. Um, one of the managers wanted his phone because we our policy is for game day, all the managers have to put their phone away to where um, – so your, your job is to focus on the game and not so much focus on, you know, being on your phone, you know, texting, being on social media when you're supposed to be working. So uh, we took everybody's phones up. Well, he want, the manager wanted his phone because he wanted to take a picture with the, uh, the trophy. And <sighs> Lynn said, no, we're going to do that once all the, all the work's done. So he just kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. And Lynn, Lynn was livid at that point. Lynn got up. Like, usually Lynn was in his chair, but Lynn got got in his face and just started going off on him. And um, Coach Husband at the time, you know, Coach Hub, he saw that. And he immediately turned around and walked the other way. And, I don't want uh, no parts of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I just I, – I stood there and sat and watched the whole thing, you know. And then he walked off. And then Lynn went back in his chair, and Lynn was just, just, he wasn't done. He still kept talking. And then after a while, you know, when things, you know, cooled down, Lynn got up and told the, guy, told the manager, come here. And he went into a room, closed the door, and then just started talking to him. And, you know, after that, everything was fine. Yeah. Uh, so. What about uh, your funniest moment from Lynn Williams? Oh, man, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, one of the, the funniest moments, and this is right like a week or so before he passed, yeah. um, he used to get phone calls and everybody gets, not, you know, these spam phone calls yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And um, it was about his his truck. And uh, his truck was pretty much past the warranty. And you know how you get these phone calls about extending the warranty and everything. So... Uh, he, 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 he always pick up the phone and say, hey, look, I'm not interested. And then you'll hang up. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to have some fun this time. He answered the phone and, you know, this guy song about renewing his, um, his insurance, uh, his uh, warranty. And Lynn says, uh, yeah, 
I don't speak English. I'm like, excuse me, sir? Yeah, I don't speak English. Okay, what do you speak? I, don't, I speak Spanish. Okay, uh, can you speak? Well, he starts speaking. He's like, I understand what you're saying. Uh, but I thought you speak Spanish. No, I don't. I speak English. And so, <laughs> and then um, it's like, okay, well, how old are you, sir? Um, like, well, what's your date of birth? Um, and he said, his, he gave him some random date. And then he said, um, I was born on leap year. And um, he, <laughs> he said, I was born on leap year. So my birthday's every four years. And then, uh, so you do the math <laughs> on how old I am. Jeez. <laughs> and, and, the, and he's like, well, how old does that make you? He's like, I'm telling you how old I am. You do the math. I mean, aren't you supposed to be some kind of smart guy? And like, I'm, I'm just laughing. I'm like, man, this dude here is about to get frustrated with Lynn. <laughs> and, um, you know, he just kept just egging them on and he was like, well, I'm sorry, sir. I can't help you. And he just hung up. Right, like, right. No warranty for you, sir. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. And, and uh, what, this is before I got here, but um, in uh, 2011, the, um, the first year they went to the uh, New Orleans Bowl, well, the, the last game prior to the New Orleans Bowl, um, that's when they found out they were going to New Orleans. Um, and Lynn was so happy because, you know, that time was the first time they had a bowl game um, in years, you know, 40 years. So, um, like, he was so happy. And, you know, um, Lynn, Lynn doesn't – he doesn't drink at all. But that day he decided to, you know, have a drink or some drinks. Mm. And uh, he we're had – We're not talking uh, beers here. No, 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 no. We're talking uh, Jägermeister and, mm. you know, and he's just chugging it and everything like that, just just downing it. And everybody's like, yeah, man. And then, you know, he's just chugging. So then has another bottle and starts chugging that. Well, after that, you know, everybody's leaving. Lynn can't get up. And, no, and you know, Lynn, you ain't helping him up either. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, Lynn, you, you good to go home? And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm just stay here, lay on the couch. Right. So um, they put a trash can right next to Lynn, just in case, you know, things that didn't cooperate, you know, well, later on during the night. So, but yeah, he was, he was so happy. That was like, and I wish I was there for that, but he was mm. like so happy for that, you know, for that bowl game because – you can imagine, you know, Lynn started working as a student in 1980. Mm-hmm. To so to go 31 years of you know great seasons, not so great seasons, terrible seasons, and not even experiencing a bowl game for that matter. You know, to you know for that to happen, you know, you know, I wish I was there to see that. And you know, there's so many other moments that made him so that that made him smile made him laugh um you know that that's, those are things that you kind of just hold on to sure. not, I mean, yeah you look at the, the the things that you know made him mad but at the same time you know you look at the things that made him happy as well so I mean, you got you got to take it all and then enjoy it 
solemnly those moments came to an end uh, just over a year ago. Um, take me back to the day where um, you didn't hear from Lynn um, and he didn't show up for work. Well, um, let's see. March 19th, he texted me that morning and he said he's having some stomach issues. He's got, um, he's got some nausea, so he wasn't, come, he wasn't coming in. So I texted him back, not a problem. Just let me know what you need and, um, you know, and I'll talk to you later on. Make sure you're okay. So uh, I called him that, 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 that same that afternoon, make sure he was fine. He's like, yeah, just feeling a little better, but, you know, still a little nauseated and everything like that. Hopefully I'm a little bit better and um, I'll come to work tomorrow. It's like, not a problem, brother. Um, see you tomorrow. So Tuesday, the next, the next day, March 20th, um, it's around 9 o'clock. And usually Lynn um, is in around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And um, so around 9 o'clock, 9.15, no text, no call. And um, I can't – usually you can hear him rolling in uh, from the back of the equipment room to his office. So I, I, ain't, I ain't hear anything. So I text him, hey, you all right? No response. So then um, around 11 o'clock, I called him. No response. So I'm thinking either he's sleeping or he had to go to the emergency room for something. Uh, and he, would, he didn't get a chance to go ahead and, and let me know or anything like that. So I, I ain't paying attention to it, you know, and just figured he was going to be fine. Well, that same day we, it was pro day um, for our seniors. So, you know, we're getting things set up for pro day uh, for uh, our football seniors so they can go ahead and uh, work out for the scouts. So uh, pro day started around 2 o'clock and still no response from them. So I'm working pro day and everything. And, you know, once that, when was that, once that was over with, um, our football team had a walkthrough right after pro day. So I text them, no response. Then I called them, no response. So I turned to my sister, Ian. I said, hey, Ian, man, Lynn haven't answered his phone all day, man. I don't know what's up, but um, I'm getting kind of worried. And, you know, jokingly, Ian's like, I ain't going over there. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go check on him. As soon as I leave here, I'm, I'm gonna go to this house and check on him. So uh, it had to be once everything was over with. It was around like six o'clock, um, and I called him, let him know, hey, I'm coming over there. No response. So you know, Lynn stayed about a, a mile from, uh, you know, from the complex. So went over there, saw his truck out there. I'm like, okay, he, he's home. So he got out, opened the door, doors locked, and then um, I called. You know, I, I called his phone, and I hear the phone right there in the kitchen. So I'm like, now I knock on the door, Lynn, 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 where you at? So I go around back, um, and his dogs, he, uh, he had three dogs, and Thank God that his dogs knew me because otherwise uh, it would be a bad situation. Um, 
but I open the open the back back gate and I go in there and the dogs, you know, they come around and they're like, what's going on? You know, and then back door is open. I'm like, okay. Open the door and I announce myself, hey Lynn, this is this is KC. Just wanna let you uh, I'm back here. And I had to announce myself because I knew Lynn had a gun. And I know that if especially coming in through the back door, if he didn't know who you were, you know. I didn't want him to just go ahead and, and, and shoot me or anything like that. So I just had to make sure I was going to make myself known. Like, Lynn, it's KC. Where you at? So no response. So I look, come towards the front and into the kitchen, and I see him in his chair. And um, I said, Lynn. And as I keep going up, uh, he's kind of like, you know, slouched over in his chair and I said, Lynn, and he's not moving and I, I know um check his pulse and I mean his neck was just like stone cold. And I just kept saying, no, 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 man. This this can't happen. This this is not happening. This is not happening. So um first thing I want to do is um I call I called 911 because at that point, I didn't know what to do. I called 911 and I said, um, I need I need an ambulance here. And I, I couldn't remember the address. And so I, I looked for some mail and, you know, and I was like, I know, um, gave him the address. So they, they uh, that, uh, can't think of the name, but, the operator stayed on stayed on the phone until the ambulance got there, and then um, I was like, "Okay, uh, is he breathing?" I'm like, no, he's not breathing. Check his pulse. I'm like, mm, he don't he doesn't have a pulse. Okay, what you need to do is put him on the ground. And then I said, and if you just saw the look on my face, I was like, "Yeah, like, uh, hey, look, uh, he's he's he's." He's obese. I, I don't think I can move him out of this chair and put him on the ground. He said, they said, look, trust me, put him on the ground. It may hurt, but you know, it, it just just do it. So I must have, you know, garnered some kind of strength or, or something. I don't know if it was a drilling or whatever, but I, I pretty much pulled him onto the ground. And then um once that had okay, I was like, I, I got him on the ground. I was like, okay, check his legs, <clears throat> and and uh, can you can you can you move his legs? And I'm just like, yeah, I can move him. All right, can he move? Can you move his fingers? I'm like, his fingers are like pretty much stiff. And um, then I heard the uh, the ambulance coming. It's like I heard it. I hear the ambulance, so I go outside. I flag him down, and um, they come out, and they open. Uh, the lady comes in and she opens the door and she immediately closes it and she said it's too late he's gone and um just so happened a neighbor of his was walking down the street and um he's like man what's going on and i said lynn's gone and he's like no i was like yeah he's gone so then um uh, then um, you know the the ambulance was just like all right 
don't uh, we gotta get the police over here. Please don't notify the family. Don't call anybody. And it's like okay. And then just so happened the neighbor called um, one of his uh, one of his sister's friends and and told and told him and then he told you know his sister and then next you know i'm getting a phone call like what's going on and i like nothing nothing just don't worry about it it's like what was going on and then um one of his one of his other sisters come uh pulls up because she was having to come in um, come and see him um as well and she's like, what's going on? I kind of t- I told her what happened. And she started crying. Um, her son started crying. And then um, within an hour, you know, the f- fam started coming over. Um, I'm getting phone calls. Um, I'm talking to his brother, Lyle. And his brother, you know, he's like, man, what's, what, what happened? And I'm kind of, and I'm telling him what's going on. And he just started crying. And, um you know, it, it, it's crazy, and because <laughs> there was one thing about about Lynn, it was, you know, you couldn't don't tell Lynn none of your business because he was. It was three things: it was tele, telegraph, telephone, and tele Lynn. <laughs> and um, in typical fashion, he uh, <laughs> everybody knew within about an hour, <laughs> and you know, I'm getting phone calls from you. Know, you know, his brothers, um, from managers to coaches, um, uh, our athletic director, uh, Brian Magger called and, you know, Jay Walker found out and he announced it, it was a baseball game and Jay Walker announced it during the baseball game. And, um, I think softball team, softball had a game, I, I believe it was against McNeese. And um, we were talking to Coach Jerry about it, and he—I think he had found out during the game as well. So I mean, it, it shook everybody. Um, and I was there uh, until like eleven o'clock. You know, I, I called my wife, letting her know I wasn't coming home for a while, and she's like, "What happened?" I was like, "I'm at Lynn's, and um, he's gone." And then she started crying, and. Um, Man, um, she told my son, and then he started crying. So it was, um, and I I was still in shock. It didn't hit me until um, our golf coach came by, Theo Sliman, and he came and he hugged me. I just started crying. I just let it. I just I let it all out right there. Um, just started crying, and then. Um, Man, got home. It, it was just—I don't know, man. It, it was just—it was—it was crazy. I—I I didn't want to go to sleep. And then when I went to sleep and woke up, I was hoping it was just a bad dream, and it wasn't. And you know, it was just going to work that next day was rough, and I probably should have stayed home. To be honest with you, I should have stayed home. But um, I know for him, I needed to be at work because that's what he that, that's what he would have done, and um, it was rough. Oh. It, it was that 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 next day was rough, and 
this past year has been rough um, because, you know, there's a literally and figuratively, there's a big void um, in this equipment room, in this athletic department, in this university, and, you know, in this community, it's a big void. And um, I, I'm just realizing this, you know, <laughs> how crazy that it is that the first time I met him was the last time I saw him in the same fashion in this chair, mm. you know, but um, he, he, he was a gem. He was a gem and um, that's somebody you can't replace at all. You can't, you know, I'm, I'm in his office and you know, you can, re you can re replace the chair. You can put somebody else in the office. Um, you can go ahead and, you know, change the name on their accounts and all that stuff, but you can't change him. You, you, you know, you can't, there won't be another one. And no matter how we try, you know, you can't, you, you can't replace a mind, uh, a soul like that because he was the embodiment of raging cages. How soon after, um, that experience uh did you return to work man i went to I, that next day i came to work hmm. I, I didn't take a day off how uh, uh i'm sorry please uh, no you can go ahead the um has that image of seeing him lifeless in that chair ever left your mind no no um, I mean, I try not to think about it, but there's times where, you know, if I'm watching TV and, you know, if I'm watching some white cop show or, you know, a movie or something like that, and, you know, you see like a, a dead body or anything like that, you know, I kind of like flashback to what happened or there's times where, you know, I'm just, you know, in a quiet place and, you know, I, I, I think back at it, um, about that day. And, you know, that's something I, I still, I still mess, I, I, I still grapple with, you know, because, you know, that's not the way you want to remember him or that, that's not the last impression of him you want to, I want to have in my mind um, or for anybody for that matter. I want, you know, all, all those who are listening to this and watching this, I don't want what, what I'm explaining and I don't want you to think of him in that manner because, um, it's gonna mess with you. Um, it's, it's 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 messed with me um, every once in a while, to the point to where I just I lose focus. And um, to all those listening, please like don't don't think about Lynn in that way because I mean that guy had so many memories to where you know you don't you you never want to think about him that way. And um, you know I just think about the the days of you know, the happy times, the good times, and even the bad times. Think about that. You know, you know, he and I, and if, if you, if you, if you work with Lynn, had a relationship with Lynn, he, he, he made you mad. I mean, <laughs> I, you want to go ahead and punch the crap out of him. Um, I love, out of love, out of love. Oh, sometimes I, I want to just to punch him. 
<laughs> love or not, I, I just wanted to punch him. <laughs> right, right. You know, but um, you know, there's one thing he he and I always agreed upon was that um, no matter what happens, at the end of the day, no matter how mad we are, when we leave the when we leave this place, and we come back, it's gone. It's flushed. We, 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 we you know we always had to express. We flushed it. It's flushed. Um. So no matter what happened, what was said, that next day you come to work and we're brothers. You know, we work, we um, we work together. So um, yeah, I I think about it. I still do. And you know, it's gonna take some time to to, to get you know get that out. But you know, um, each day gets better. And there's some days where I think about it and I get a little worse. You know, I um. I, I I regress a little bit, and um, as long as I I, I have friends and, and colleagues here and um, his family that keep me grounded and just keep me, you know, kind of keep me in check to make sure that um, I'm I'm okay, and you know, um, I I try to be this this stone, this rock, to where you know nothing absorbs me. Like I can't. I can't absorb anything and um, try to not have that that much emotion about it, but it happens from time to time. Well, how about that showing the love and support that the community showed um, uh, during the funeral and the wake? And uh, you got to see firsthand how much people had those same positive experiences that you had with your brother, Lynn Williams. Man, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, just showing the the love for Lynn. Uh, there was people who I didn't even know. Um, I had somebody come and talk to me, and he's like, "Hey, look, Lynn was working on getting a golf cart fixed uh, for the athletic department. He wanted to give it to the athletic department, and he called uh, a, a group of people, about four or five people, to help pay for it." I didn't even know about it. And he said, I want to give you some money to go ahead and pay for it. I'm like, okay, uh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, and it was kind of like, a, it was like a mob mentality, you know. You, you know, you had a whole bunch of people who you never knew, you never met and said, Lynn, uh, Lynn did this for me. Mm. And, you know, um, whatever you need, it's not gonna. It's not gonna stop. Whatever you need, you call me. Uh, you know, I, people were like, "Hey, Lynn did this for me," and you know, I just want to let you know that I'm here for you. I want to help you out. And um, I, I was just, I was overwhelmed. I, I knew Lynn knew a lot of people, but um, the magnitude of people that he knew—not just here in Lafayette, but uh, just like all over. Um, you know, from every stretch of the nation, you know, he, he, he touched, he touched a lot of people to the point to where, you know, it was just kind of overwhelming, but it was also knowing that he helped people, you know, no matter what your situation was, where you came from, he helped you. And, you know, that, that was one of the great things about, about him that he always saw the best in you. Hmm. Whether you know, and he didn't care about your national, you know, like your race. He didn't care whether you're male or female, 
whether you had disabilities or you didn't have disabilities or whatever the case may be. He never saw any of that because, you know, like he said, somebody gave him a chance. Knowing how big he was, somebody gave him a chance. And that's how he was with everyone else. He always gave you a chance. And even if you messed up, and even if you, you know, you uh, did something wrong or you uh, made him mad, you know, or broke his trust, he always gave you a second chance. And the good thing about it is he, when he, once he gave you that second chance, it's up to you to go ahead and, you know, make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Um, break, like, you, mess, you know, you break that, that trust again, and then I, he was done with you completely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that was one of the great things about him, just his, his overwhelming heart to where he was just, he was always willing to help you. Like, he will always give you his last. And, um, one thing he did, which was um, a wild moment, he uh, his church, Our Saviors, uh, he bought. I don't know how much. I, I don't know how much it cost. He told me he was doing it, and I didn't even know. I didn't even care how much it cost. But he bought sleeping bags, and I, not just two or three of them. He bought about maybe thirty. 30 to 40 sleeping bags or so to, and the church um, had a, a mission. Um, I believe it was in Mexico um, somewhere. And um, he bought that to give to um, the community down there for people who needed it. And that was one of the, like the greatest things, um, you know, his pastor, came pastor nick and uh when he even when he came when he, when he came to uh see lynn whenever he died and I, that's one thing i told him i said thank you so much for introducing jesus to him because uh if it wasn't for that i you know he would have never done that he would have never um you know bought sleeping bags um but you know he had hot chocolate and he will always have he don't eat the hot chocolate you know to, to somebody to like a homeless shelter or something like that. And so, yeah, as much as, you know, people always said he was mean or whatever the case may be, if you didn't, you didn't see all that. I mean, if you really knew Lynn, you knew that he gave his last. It was a, uh, a big seat, big shoes to fill there. Um, and now in your role, director of equipment operations, and you were, uh, recently awarded, um, with the uh, equipment manager of the year, if I'm not mistaken, a nation uh, a nationwide award after his passing um, in that seat. Um, what did it mean to to receive that honor, and how much did Lynn have to do with that? Um, man, uh, getting that award last year was um, it was awesome. Uh, I mean, I really can't put it into words um, because. That was no, that. That's an award I, I always uh, aspire to win. Uh, I always want to get that award because n- not because I, I wanted it. It's because I want to show people that uh, you can do it. Um, and you know, Lynn was a big part of it because Lynn won the award in two thousand nine. 
uh, I remember it was in Jacksonville, Florida, um, if I'm not mistaken, and um, he he wanted and um, to see him win it, and Lau and I was present when he um, when he, he won that award. It was awesome, and the, the the crazy thing about it because he won that award by two votes. Mm. And it was between him and a, another good friend of ours, uh, Greg Payne. Um, and you know, he won it by two votes, and it, it was it was awesome. And Lau always wanted to win that award. And when I called Lau, um, I told Lau, when I told Lau I was a finalist, you know, he he was happy. And then when I found out that I won, um, I said, "Hey, brother." Uh, what you doing on June so-and-so? Um, he's like, nothing. I was like, well, you need to go ahead and um, get your plane ticket. He's like, why is that? Because I won. And, you know, he started crying, and he was so happy. Uh, he's like, man, you know, that's an award I always wanted to win. And to see that somebody who I helped, you know, bring along in this industry to win this award, I feel like a proud dad right now and um i know lynn's happy and you know it it was awesome dude i mean i i'm just just thinking back at it you know i mean and if people that know me i don't do i don't do things for a show i don't do things for awards i i honestly i hate awards mm. um because like for me like getting that award you know it's kind of like it, yes it, it it's awesome, and I take the I take the light in it. But um, if you know me, I'm not a person that brags um, about my accomplishments because at you know the same day you get accomplish accomplishments, the next day you can get you know ridiculed, you can get failures, you can you know as much as you're a high, you can you can get down to the bottom. And so I, I try to stay. I, I want to stay humble. I try to stay humble. And 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 but to um, get roses, you know, get accolades like that is it, it's a blessing, and um, hopefully it could be a blessing uh, to to some to to other equipment managers, and um, you know, I, I I don't speak about it a whole bunch, but hopefully hopefully it's a blessing to other you know minority you know, equipment managers to where they can see that man. He worked his way up to where he's been. People see him in a different light. They see him for the work he's done, and they see him for the award he had. Um, you know, he, he won as well. But um, and I, I hope that inspires them to do the same thing. But you know, I just don't. I don't want people uh, to go ahead and get their award and be content. I want them to keep going, and that, that's that's my goal. Um, like one of my goals right now is I want to win it again. Mm. Um, not to be selfish or, or, or greedy or anything like that, because it's never been done before. Nobody's ever won this award twice. And that's something I want to do. But to get there, I know I need, I need help. I need help from fellow equipment managers, you know, in our industry. I need help from you know, our administration. I need help from my students, my student managers. I need help from my staff. You know, you know I can't get there by myself. 
And um, that award is not something that, yes, it's an individual award, but you don't, you don't make it there by yourself. You know, it's a team effort, you know, and especially with my student managers, if like I'm telling you, if you don't have student managers, it is hard to do this job. You can't do it. It is impossible. So I, I thank them every day for the work they have done, that they do because, you know, not only do they you know, work their sport, but they're also going to school. And they have to maintain a certain GPA to, you know, keep their scholarships. And they have to go ahead and, you know, bust their tail every day, you know, get there early and leave late. You know, that, that's, that, that's the job. And it's a thankless job. But I thank them every day for it because it, you know, keeps me to do the big stuff to where I can better help them out in the, in the long run. I, I just got to thank you uh, for being so open um, about your story, your path, and um, especially the tough times um, going through the uh, the passing of a brother. Um, let's try to end on a lighter note. Um, you're, one thing that you usually don't get a lot of time to do, um, which you're getting now during this, uh, this COVID-19 epidemic, is spend time with family. Um, you at home? Is it just the the wife and the son at home? Um, no, I, um, I have my daughter uh, home uh, right now daughter. too, and um, she's two years old. And we're trying to potty train her, and I, I'd rather be back at work than try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I I don't know what to do. Um, and we've we've we're trying every tactic whatsoever whatsoever like to go ahead and, and, and try to get her to, to potty train and the crazy thing about it is she knows what she's doing too I we we sit on a pot and on, on her training pot and she won't she can sit there for two hours and not a drop mm. and as soon as we get her up there it is and mm. I like it's amazing and I, I keep telling her you know what you're gonna you're gonna ride with your dad on road trips because I know you can hold it, and I want to hear about. <laughs> hey, dad, can we pull over? Right, you know, right. I gotta go. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> if you can hold it at two, you can hold it at twelve, twenty-two, whatever. So I don't want to hear it, but uh, yet yeah, it's fun times, and you know, my wife and I are, um, you know, kind of keep our, keeping our son on track with his um with his school right now. You know, as far as his learning. Uh, as far as his math and his reading and, you know, his science and, and social studies like that. I mean, we're just trying to keep him on track because uh, we don't know when all this is going to be over with, but at least we want to make sure that we keep his mind sharp. Um, and yes, he's still a kid. We want to make sure he stays a kid right now, but I at least want to go ahead and just keep his mind focused on school because, you know, right now, you know, he'll be in school and he'll be, you know, learning and, we just want to keep them on, on the same track. Now to put you on blast, we'll end on this. Um, what are three TV shows or movies that people should be watching while quarantined? Give me the, give me the Carrie Connor specials. <laughs> oh man. Um, let's see, man, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up on DVR right now, you know? Okay. Okay. I've been, I've been, I've been so busy. To the point, man. I've just been catching up on DVR. Like my wife and I, you know, we um, there's a lot of shows we um, will watch. Uh, New Amsterdam, uh, it's, a, it's a good show. Um, Station 19. Um, haven't really caught up on my Netflix yet, but I, I, I certainly will. Um, 
I don't, I keep hearing about this Tiger King um, phenomenon and oh. stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> go, uh, go, go with Ozark. Have you ever seen Ozark? Oh yes, uh, that, that's something I got. I got watching the new season. So uh, yeah, you know, Ozark is something I don't like. I don't want to watch an episode here, an episode there. You know, you just that's something you gotta watch like three, four episodes at a time. Yeah, binge watching. Yeah, just <laughs> and, and just you know, taking in moderation. Sure, for sure. Kerry Connor, Director of Equipment Operations, thank you so much for your time and uh, best of luck with that potty training, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I see a lot of wet days in my future. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you for the time. I appreciate you. Stay safe. Will do. Special thanks to our sponsor for the Raging Cajuns podcast. The golf season has arrived, and if you're looking to shave strokes off your game, you've got to visit the golfballs.com retail center. New inventory is arriving daily. Check out the newest clubs from Ping, TaylorMade, and Callaway, the latest balls from Titleist, Bridgestone, and Srixon, or the hottest apparel and shoes from Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. Located in the Boulevard Shopping Center on Arnold Boulevard next to Harbor Freight Tools, golfballs.com. We're in your bag.